0: No doubt. It's going to be a football game here. Okay. All right, let's go, baby. Toss the white. He's in! Patriots win the Super Bowl! Brady has his fifth. What a comeback! Watson. Touchdown! Hunter. Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. One second remaining. Ladies and gentlemen, football to the max. Your host, Sean Garmer, Gary Vaughn.
1: Hello and welcome to another football to the max as we are coming to you about, I want to say, 45 minutes after the Monday Night Football game has finished. The Philadelphia Eagles win 34-24. Carson Wentz, four touchdowns, one interception really early in the game that was more like a punt. And, yeah, I mean, you know, once again, the Carson Wentz show, just absolutely continues to roll uh, for for this Eagles team who now are six and one and just beaming in not only the NFC East, but the entire NFC uh, right now. Eric, I mean, does it really all come down to Carson Wentz for this one? I mean, you're, you lose... Your best uh, offense, well, one of your best offensive linemen, in, in Jason Peters. Yeah, think things could take an ugly turn then, when the Redskins are certainly still in the game. Uh, didn't seem like it hurt them much at all. And and once this kept rolling,
0: yeah, I mean, seventeen or twenty-five, four touchdowns in that early interception. For the offense, they really made do. They had a very good replacement in Vitae for the alignment that went out, which is a big plus, but between Wentz's mobility and bringing in his familiarity with the system, seeing a couple of plays that he, in a way, made famous at North Dakota State, that helped the offense. And the defense, aside from giving up a little bit in garbage time, Rotating six, seven defensive linemen and playing that consistent wide nine to pressure Cousins helped tremendously.
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, Zach Ertz, one of the men that caught one of the touchdowns. Uh, I like that they showed uh, what his wife uh, did on Thursday and Sunday as well for the U.S. Women's National Team. Of course, you can hear us talk about that on Soccer to the Max, the one that just dropped yesterday. Uh, nice plug for our, our other show there. Uh, so, hey, it, 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 when when the opportunity presents itself as nicely as they did on that uh, Monday Night Football broadcast, so I don't think you can you can let that one up. But
0: you, yeah, yeah, so, but I'm still not going to eat a Danish. Tune into the next Soccer to the Max to find out why. Uh,
1: that's fair. That's fair. But you knew that one was coming, so you know. I mean. With the way that they look, we've been talking about what, what, the, what the US players need to do to progress themselves. And I think we've all said that they needed to go somewhere besides MLS. Isn't he doing that? So, you know, and not to be outdone though, Kirk Cousins, 30 for 40, 303 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Jordan Reed uh, catching two of those, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Chris Thompson, the other one. And uh, look, uh, again, uh, Washington's defense, just for me, uh, they're the big story. uh, Other than uh, Washington losing offensive linemen left and right, or or at least them going down for periods and having to play hurt and all that, which is not good considering who you have coming in uh, to town next week, but you know, Kirk Cousins, I think, did what he needed to do. Just the defense uh, could not get off the field, uh, allowing two big, drop, big long drives there in the and second a, half.
0: And especially not just the big ones of the second half, but also a couple of big ones. You're up 10-3. You have a chance to lock down at least a halftime lead. What do you do Your defense allows about an 80-yard drive right before the end of the half. If you're trying to win games, you don't do that.
1: Oh, certainly not. I mean, well, let's be honest. They allowed a 70-yard touchdown. That's what they allowed. It's not like they went on one of these big, long drives. But, yes, the defense allows Matt Collins to get behind them. Uh, You know, again, no Josh Norman for this game, and that, that does matter in a secondary that's uh, playing, you know, with uh, with some hurt guys. Uh, so that, that's where you can kind of see where Josh Norman would have mattered. Maybe perhaps he's able to stop Mac Hollins uh, from catching that ball or he's not way ahead of him at that point. Yes, but uh, you made a good point here is that you're going 10-10, and then, it it doesn't even go. Did they no? Because they didn't end the half. Uh, on that I don't think they ended no, the half I on something else.
0: Broken knee to end the half.
1: Yeah, that's why I didn't uh, didn't write it down here. But yeah, he, well, no, they ended the half after the seventeen ten touchdown. Yes. Yeah, so not only did they allow the 70-yard touchdown to Haaland's, this is when they went on one of the longer drives for Mm -hmm. Hurts to catch the touchdown. And then knowing especially that the Eagles are getting the ball back in the second quarter, they go on another long drive to make it Mm
0: 24-10 on the uh,
1: touchdown that he throws to Corey Clement. So very quickly to open the half before you even get to touch the ball again, which winds up going uh, an almost three and out, it's 24-10. And, and you're in a huge hole at that point if you're Kirk Cousins and and the Redskins' defense. Credit to them for staying in it. They got a touchdown right after that. Uh, and But once again... The you're getting into the fourth quarter and that big play, which I think changed everything because you're you're it's twenty four seventeen. OK, it's it's third down. And Wentz breaks a sack, I mean, he mm-hmm. is getting he has people on top of him and he's mm-hmm. able to get loose and run for 17 yards. And after that, that's when Wentz throws the Aguilar touchdown. And you're going, if you're the the Redskins, like, that's got to be a gut punch because you think you have them. You pretty much have them, and you don't. And then after that, you couldn't stop them because they keep scoring. They scored the field goal that pretty much made it a 10-point, you know, made it 34-17, and by then it was going to be very difficult Uh, They got lucky that Jake Elliott missed the last field goal, which really didn't matter at that point. They would have still had to get two onside kicks within, like, what, three minutes or something? That was crazy with the way that that Eagles defense was was playing in this game. And, yeah, I I think, you know, on the day, you sack Kirk Cousins four times. You have eight tackles for loss. You hit Kirk Cousins ten times. I mean, this wasn't, uh, you know, the gaudy numbers that we saw some other teams put up uh, in this week. You know, the, the, Red, the Redskins defense got three sacks on Carson Wentz and, and that, you know, interception, which I think might have wound up helping Philadelphia at the end. But it's just, you know, you're, you're not uh, when when the Eagles defense is playing the way they are where you're not being able to get a running game on and anything else. Redskins just weren't able to kind of keep up with him, honestly.
0: No, and this makes you think, what is Kirk Cousins going to do? I don't know if the Redskins are going to pull the trigger and giving him a long-term deal. And with performances like this, with him individually, but the team as a whole for this game, I don't necessarily know if he wants one. Not with this mess.
1: I don't know that it's a mess, right? I think part of it is, too, that, you know, you still you haven't heard much. Terrell Pryor has been pretty much, uh, other than a couple of plays here and there, he's been almost non-existent for a large part of this season. Jameson Crowder has not been the guy that they expected him to be, and he's fumbling punt returns, which that's just another dumb thing that's going on. I mean, Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis are the guys you're counting on. You're two tight ends. Now, Jordan Reed's been a dependable guy. He just he gets hurt a lot. Luckily, he's he's been able to be there this season. And Vernon Davis, who's 33 and he's still playing, you know, lights out, caught another big, long pass today. Jock Dodson's kind of starting to come into his own. But, again, you have you don't have the passing attack you had last year. And, yeah, Chris Thompson has been a revelation for you, but I don't feel like, other than in some games where they've really been able to hammer the run game, when that's not there, they, they're, they it, it really puts a, a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins, and he was able to deliver in this game, but I don't think he can do it by himself.
0: He, he can't. He's shown that he can't. And you can't argue that he shouldn't have to, but unfortunately in uh, this situation, this is how it's going to be, at least for the rest of this season.
1: Yeah, and then just not only that, the, uh, you got to worry about the, the offensive linemen that were going down. I mean, this is a an actually really good group of offensive line talent, and it felt like other than uh, 61, I think every single other one of the linemen went down at one, at one point. You know, now that now the Jason Peters' injury looked the scariest for the Eagles because he went out in the knee cast and everything and had to be carted off. So you have to wonder what that's going to be about. But that's that's your lead left tackle. Uh, that, that could be huge for Carson Wentz with teams now knowing that they can sort of game plan for that. But it it just felt like when you needed the points after, you know, the Eagles started pouring it on, you get uh, a three and out punt. Uh, Basically, the, the should have been a three and out punt. You get the touchdown, great. Then you get pretty much nothing on the next drive. And, oh, that's when you threw the interception to Graham because he got hit. And then he throws it uh, right to Graham on a, a third and sixth that they needed. So just wrong times for not to get the blocking and, and then for these guys not to get open and, and be covered. Uh, I don't know how many times... Also, you're you're wanting to get a third and one, and you don't get it on on dumb decisions. Like, why are you throwing into the flat to Jordan Reed at that point? Malcolm Jenkins just comes up and swallows him before he can even get to the line. I mean, that was kind of weird to me. Just some weird decisions by uh,
0: Jay Gruden as well. I mean. I guess with the fact that he's realizing he's got more of a dearth and talent, it's affecting Gruden's play calling. And he's trying to figure out what can he get, if anything, from what he has. And he's realizing more and more uh, it's even less than he realized.
1: Yeah, I think certainly he's got to start thinking that This offense might be a little bit more uh, limited than he thought. Again, I want to just mention that the offensive line issues do matter here. But that Eagles defense continues to be one of the best in the league. They proved it all year. Uh, They do it here again. And the Eagles certainly deserve this win. They went out and pretty much bossed this game when they needed to.
0: Yeah, they uh, did.
1: you know, if Carson Wentz, like, you know, John Gruden kept saying, if he's not offensive player of the week for the NFC, I don't, I don't know what the voting people are doing because they're doing it wrong.
0: Yeah, he, he, he's easily going to be. You can't have a night like this. And the fact that, let's face it, the Eagles have been around for a long time. A very long time. If you're beating out the likes of Donovan McNabb, who led the Eagles to a Super Bowl, and the Flying Dutchman Norm Van Brocklin, who led the Eagles to their, I believe, their last championship in 1960, for touchdown passes at this point of the season, you're doing something right. You just are.
1: Yeah, as everybody was saying, oh, you know, wonder if uh, Goff is going to be the guy that's better, and he's still proving that. Obviously, with with uh, Sean McVay there, he's getting a much better, much better coaching, and, and is progressing better this year. Uh, helps with the talent around him, but Carson Wentz doesn't have like. I mean, I think bringing in Alshon Jeffrey certainly helped. He didn't have the best of games today. He was defended really well. Nelson Aguilar had a a good game. Zach Ertz was his dependable self. Uh, the running game was important in situations, especially you know the Garrett Blunt kind of ending the game, you know, right there at the end, which is what you're bringing him in for. But really, Carson was just is running the show and. I, at the rate he's going, you know, especially with Aaron Rodgers going down, I feel like it's between him and Drew Brees to, to be those guys at the end that you're talking about best quarterbacks, uh, at least in the NFC, because, you know, Matt Ryan's doesn't seem like he, he wants to be a contender this year, uh, either. So yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz might end up being, you know, in the MVP conversation.
0: If they keep this up and they wind up, you know, winning twelve games and getting themselves in a great playoff position, then yes, I would give him an MVP vote.
1: Yeah, I would too. Right now, the way that they're they're playing and the Eagles are their record so far. I mean, yeah, they have a nice schedule. Uh, let's be <laughs> honest about that. But you can only play the people that are in front of you, and uh, they are. They've only lost one game to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are kind of... They're on a two-game slide. Let's let's see what goes on with them. But right now, Eagles certainly proving that their spot in the NFC at at the top of it is, is certainly uh, deserved after that game. So let's move on and, and talk about the rest of uh, NFL Week 7. And... So, some interesting storylines from this week. Uh, certainly, what what is what is going on with Tampa Bay here? I they were supposed to be they were supposed to be your your uh,
0: mm-hmm. you know team
1: for the NFC South. I mean, let's be honest, almost all of the NFC South except for the Saints have been bad this year, but Tampa Bay has been woefully bad. I mean, I don't know if it's the hard knocks thing or or what, but that defense, you can't depend on them to stop anyone.
0: You can blame hard knocks, you can blame scheduling, you can blame a lot of things, but at the end, it's just crap. It really is.
1: I mean, you have the lead. All you have to do is stop the Bills. Yes. On one drive. To end the game, and you can't do it. I mean, let's you know, let's be fair. They they've been running on the book Bucks all game, so mm-hmm. you know, th- they knew that they could keep doing that with LaShawn McCoy. Tyrod Taylor's been a lot better than advertised this season, and has certainly proved his worth to Bill's fans that were wondering about, you know, does, does a rookie need to be starting a quarterback? And I, I feel like... I, I don't know anyway. it's like And you, you can't really... You know, the offense kept them in it. I mean, so it's you can't blame Winston on this one. I feel like you're trusting your defense there and they're not doing it. And the bills go and win and it's, they keep uh, winning these, these close games.
0: And in a surprisingly tight division race, the bills are 100% out of it. If they can keep this up. Now you're starting to get into nearing the second half of the season. Weather's getting colder a lot more teams have to travel to that ice box you got to watch out for buffalo now i think they finally figured a lot out defensively things have somewhat solidified but offensively something is finally starting to click and if it keeps clicking this is going to be a dangerous team yeah it's it's
1: it's crazy and we keep talking about this every week how the Bills' defense is one of the best in the league. The has figured it out. And then they continue to do what they do. Uh, we had both picked them in that game, so we expected them to win. Mm-hmm. But Tampa gives up 30 points, 434 yards. And it's not like the Bills just have these great receivers. Deontay Thompson was cut by the Bears earlier in the month and nick o'leary is your you're tied in and he's he, you know you don't have charles clay out there he's hurt and i mean how do you give up a three play 75 yard touchdown drive in less than one minute
0: you're not playing the right coverage you're playing off a little too deep you have too many soft spots i mean it was just ridiculous
1: well, you know what's even more ridiculous is Carolina and Cam Newton. Well, I mean the fumble wasn't on on Cam, but
0: the interception, interception kind of return
1: for a touchdown. Yeah, a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Eddie Jackson, I think, becomes the first rookie to do that, like ever. And he, that's that's pretty much all the points that the Pan, the Bears needed. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky throws seven times,
0: seven, mm-hmm. and and that's it. That that that, mean, that that Bears offense was the old school Bears. I'm not talking eighties. I'm talking Dan Pastorini pre flak jacket kind of a leading a Bears offense turning around and handing it to Walter Payton 35 40 times a game that's what that felt like and guess what it worked that's not supposed to work in 2017
1: yeah it's it's not but it works for the bears i mean Tariq Cohen has a leading receiver for you know for the one catch for 70 yards you have Jordan Howard just getting 65 yards rushing. Cam Newton doesn't get a touchdown. He throws two interceptions. I mean, it's crazy. I. Mr. Trubisky is one of the most accurate QBs in the entire league, but is this more of an indictment on you just do you not trust him? Do you not trust the receivers you have? I mean, I don't. I, I get that you're, you know, the focus is running the ball and on the defense or whatever, but are you going to let him loose in a game where you're behind?
0: No. That's what I- Pat, Pat O'Donnell beat Trubisky to his first NFL touchdown pass. What does that tell you? They're not comfortable. They're not ready. Trubisky, I think, is a little bit ready, but... Well, Fox and the offensive coordinator, they're not going to be so quick to hand him the keys. They should, but they're not. Yeah, they're
1: not. I just, it's, it's just so weird. Like, it's, like, they win games where you go, okay, the Panthers should be winning this game, right? And here are the Bears, once again, just winning a, they certainly deserve to probably have a better record considering some of these close games that they lost, but it's just, yeah, it's, th- this is crazy how uh, with, uh, you know, you, you lost to the Vikings. All right. Fair enough. You go in and beat the Ravens in a crazy game. And then you go and win this game and you're going, man, what's, what do you, what can we make out with the bears right now? But, but that defense has been absolutely solid this year and they, they
0: keep doing it. This is really what the team known for. And now with Brent Huntley taking charge in green Bay, Detroit is still a bit of a question mark. This defense could push the bears into making a little bit of noise, especially come December. Then what's really going to happen
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, well, we'll see. I mean, we already know the, looks like, I mean, it's one game. It's possible that Hundley gets better, but it looks like the Packers might be out of it. But, uh, you know, with, it, it could certainly be a tight, oops. Oh, excuse me for any uh, technical issues there. Sometimes the. Computer likes to do random things on pages uh, for some reason. But uh, anyway, yes, uh, it could technically be be a tight three-team race all the way up to the end of the season. I mean, the Vikings certainly look like the lead dog right now, uh, and that's with another win uh, making – I mean, not that it takes that much to make him look bad, but Joe Flacco looked awful. In this game, the Vikings' defense was all over the field. Uh, Andrew Sandejo gets a one-game suspension for his hit on Mike Wallace, uh, which knocked him out of the game with a concussion. And Jill Flacco basically said, oh, it is what it is with the offense. I didn't have a lot of options after Mike Wallace went out. Hey, I get it. But that's excuses to me. I just...
0: That's excuses for just not showing up.
1: I mean, that's not the first time that that's happened this year with the Ravens.
0: No, strangely enough, it isn't. And, 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 and that's kind of the weird sort of issue with the Ravens. Just when you think you've got a team that's looking fantastic set to rebound and actually challenge and go places all of a sudden nothing.
1: I mean Case Keenum didn't have like some big day either.
0: I mean No, he he was much more subdued, and that's what you want of your defense is to subdue a guy who let's face it, he can go for three 350 yards in a game he's done that but I don't know the Ravens just seem to be one of those enigmas
1: yay more technical issues uh, so I think Eric was still talking about the Ravens there uh, their defense has not been the same as it was early in the year either I'm sure part of part of that's also the offensive woes of Perhaps they have to be on the field more, but uh, they don't seem to be holding teams like they used to either.
0: Even if you're on the field more, you can't stop the run. You can't cover out wide. You get beat deep. Uh, of course, you're going to give your offensive break if your defense is going to only be on in just a couple of plays, but uh, it's. I don't know. The Ravens just have a whole lot of answers in between defense and really just manner of consistency this season. You
1: mean questions? Yes. I was confused for a second. I was like, maybe he's going to make this make sense? Wait.
0: I don't know. (laughs) It's late. I'm getting confused. It's the Ravens-ish.
1: We're all confused uh, with the Ravens, but certainly uh, when your owner has to come out and back the quarterback, the GM, and the coach, usually that's not a good sign.
0: No, no. Uh, it's, I'm speechless at something like that. That usually just doesn't happen up in Baltimore.
1: No, it's, it's certainly something you have to wonder about, just because it's like, I mean, how, how long of a leash are they going to get? Because this isn't the first game, like I said, that Flacco's looked like this, and it's probably not going to get any better uh, with the games that they uh, have coming up as well. Uh, speaking of, uh, you know, another thing, you know, I know we've already moved past the Panthers, but... They can't run the ball at all. Nope. Right. you know, I don't know what happened to Christian McCaffrey and going to the NFL, but he can't run north and south. Jonathan Stewart doesn't look like he, you know, aged or anything, but he can't run either. This offensive line is not getting the holes for well, them.
0: Well, and then, I, yeah. Well I think you put you hit the nail on the head. It's the offensive line. Christian McCaffrey can run north-south after he's caught the ball out of the backfield. I mean, after all, he's the team's leading receiver this season.
1: Do you think that they are forcing him into things too much? Uh,
0: a little bit in sort of that David Johnson-type role that we've seen from Arizona when he's there. Absolutely. But I don't think it's necessarily forcing it in a typical sense. I think it's forcing it because they know it's about the only thing that works.
1: Yeah. Uh, But uh, that's where you learn that if you have to force it, there's something else going on. I don't know. I just feel like you have weapons. I don't know that it's just forcing it so much as it is. You're just not running the ball, so he has to pass more, and that's not what they wanted Cam to do, and you're seeing that uh, out of the offense.
0: Yeah, so they're using the weapons they have in the ways that are efficient right now. I think they're going to do a lot better or a lot more run-blocking practice over the next couple of weeks. To try to adjust that, but in the meantime, they're at least getting something rather than nothing.
1: Yeah, certainly. And uh, speaking of trying to get something out of the little that they have, the New York Giants, who have Evan Ingram, Greg Lewis... Junior and pretty much uh, no one else to throw the ball to for Eli Manning. The offensive line still has the same problems. And despite that, they were able to keep this one close with the Seahawks for quite a while until a big play with Paul Richardson and Landon Collins in the end zone. Very similar to the Golden tape play with the Packers.
0: Hashtag Phil Mary.
1: Yeah, uh, this one was not necessarily a, you know, Hail Mary or anything, but Paul Richardson jumps up and grabs it and takes it away from Landon Collins uh, at the bottom. Or, well, it looked like Richardson had it almost all the way, and then Landon Collins might have tried to grab it at the bottom, but they already ruled the touchdown, and that made it 17-7. to And after that, uh, the Giants just couldn't do much of anything. Uh, Russell Wilson being able to move around was a problem for that defense. And Evan Ingram... Still had a heck of a game, but again, when that's your only weapon, uh, Seattle's going to be able to you know, hone in on that pretty quickly, and and know what they can just go after Eli Manning, and that's sort of what I felt like they did. Uh, yeah,
0: and uh, kudos to the Giants' defense for keeping Russell Wilson more in the pocket and cooling down that read action. But you're right. And, first of all, on that pass, let's face it, Richardson had it, and then, at best, it became simultaneous possession at the end. And, in that case, simultaneous possession goes to the receiver anyways. But, beyond that, then you started to see Doug Baldwin get into a more advantageous positions in their coverage. And, lest we forget, this could have been much worse for the Giants, if Jimmy Graham catches a couple of balls, huge drops. Yeah. When the He was close. one of them in the end zone. Yes. And I'm like, really? It, re- What's going on in your head? What he happened? Did a, he you? did catch the touchdown, uh,
1: the last touchdown or whatever, but it's, yeah, it, it was just really weird, uncharacteristic for him to just be dropping balls. And, didn't uh, feel like Jimmy Graham at all. So, yeah, the Giants got lucky on that, but the Saints were able to still put it away, and they still the uh, the young guy running the ball was sort of the the one that uh, McKissick. He mm-hmm. was the the best one that I saw. Eddie Lacy just that I think you could, you're putting put stick a fork. In that, yeah
0: Eddie in that. Lacy's done yeah. Eddie Lacy's just flat out done
1: speaking of being done for two months and perhaps maybe you know inadvertently having to call it a career Carson Palmer breaking his left arm uh, in Twickenham Stadium against the Rams uh, this they were they were only down 13 nothing. Uh, At this point, then comes in one of the worst backups in the entire league. And he has proven this every single time he goes out there.
0: No, he's not one of the. I've seen a lot worse.
1: No, no, he is one of the worst backup quarterbacks that exists in this league today. Okay, and that he's been their the... backup for a long time, and they know how bad he is.
0: That, but you're saying one of the worst that exists in the league right now, and I agree. But come on, Dan Orlovsky, Ryan Lindley, please, I've seen oh, a come lot of on. worse. Ryan
1: Lindley was on the same damn team. Exactly. No, but I'm just—I'm not saying ever. I'm saying right now. <laughs> and the worst part is. Bruce Arians says that's my my quarterback for the rest of the damn year.
0: Yeah, well. Bruce
1: Arians, maybe you need to think about what you're saying. Blaine Gabbert played him out of his mind. I agree. Uh, Way way better. You don't go from your second to your third. Yes, you do. What are you doing making Drew Stanton your second quarterback then? He gained a total of 64 yards the rest of the game. Look, I get it. The Rams are a good, really,
0: really good defense. He actually gained yardage. I mean, he threw for more than that just in the interception returns.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but he threw
0: interception. He
1: fumbled. I mean, just in that game alone should tell you Blaine Gabbard needs to be starting. And you're going to be wasting Adrian Peterson the rest of the time he's there if you're having Drew Stanton at quarterback.
0: Yeah, you know you're in a weird situation when you're rooting for Blaine Gabbert to start at quarterback, or the you know there's no a guy, there's a guy all.
1: that you're coll- supposedly colluding against right now. That's out there. I'm just saying.
0: No, I agree, and uh, that's why they collude. Sean, remember, Brandon Weeden got a job before him. I, Drew, Drew Stanton a has a job. Drew
1: Stanton has a job right now. Instead of him, I'm I'm just saying that this is not going to get better for the Cardinals. When he has a whole game next week, he's going to stink it up just as bad. The let's get off the Cardinals here because the Rams absolutely just demolished the Cardinals here. Todd Gurley with 156 yards from scrimmage, just absolute. This dude is has once again reclaimed he, his status as one back. of the best in the league. Yeah. Back. <laughs> and Aaron Donald has been an absolute beast. Oh, don't play in the preseason, no worries. He's just going to go out and dominate. Michael Brockers has been great. I like Ogletree as well. Just again, it helps when you're, you know, Drew Stanton throwing against you.
0: Yeah, but still, Aaron Donald's like, "Oh, everybody gets on me for holding out. I'll see you. I'll show y'all what I can do." Bam. Well, uh, you know that
1: wasn't the only offer on on this this week. The Chargers defeat the Denver Broncos twenty one to nothing. A. Uh, You know, Phillip Rivers throws two touchdowns, one of them being a 42-yarder to uh, Travis Benjamin that pretty Mm -hmm. much ended the game. Uh, Benjamin had a big uh, punt return uh, as well. And Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram were wreaking havoc on that awful Broncos offensive line. There was one where where, uh, Melvin Ingram absolutely... I don't know how Trevor Simeon got up after that. He just lit him up. And it it was just amazing to me that he got up. But Denver has just, they are number 29 in pass protection.
0: And And, And they're showing us the Trevor Simeon that I've gotten used to which makes me feel a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I mean, Joey Bosa with two sacks. Uh, Medellin Kowalski is hurt, What is hurt? so Alan Barbary is in there, and he was awful. Garrett Bowles has had problems. That's just a bad offensive line, and not even the offensive line issues. Trevor Simeon looks nothing like the quarterback that... You know, everybody was praising after the first couple games. I mean, I I don't know if John Elway has to start wondering about Paxton Lynch or Chad Kelly or someone else, but you got to start uh, wondering if if there's a lease that's going to start happening.
0: It with, with with the way that things are going now, and the Broncos are suddenly back in it. They just let the Chargers back in it. The Raiders are getting back in it. Yes, it. The time for patience has gone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, and it's crazy what the Chargers have won three in a row now.
0: Yep. And they I, finally, I, I, you got your wish. They finally wanted StubHub.
1: Yeah, they wanted StubHub. You know, the the Galaxy are out. Who cares about them? Start worrying about. Uh, the L.A. Chargers.
0: Exactly. And,
1: yeah, you start winning.
0: And, so, a, and a note for this for the Broncos. I was six the last time the Broncos got shut out. 1992. 92. November 22nd, so right around Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, absolutely amazing. Uh, what the Chargers were able to do. And then just making them look so bad too.
0: Just yeah, it was the second most impressive streak to end on Sunday.
1: Yeah, certainly. And then you know, your Jacksonville Jaguars once again.
0: I told, I kept telling you, if it's not in Jacksonville, the Jaguars are going to go on a tear
1: once again. Just. This defense has been incredible this year, and how many times they can look absolutely dominant. Uh, but this time they got some help. Bortles actually threw for over 330
0: yards. Yeah, he but he. A, yeah, but in the second half he didn't even throw for seventy. Two hundred and sixty-two yards by halftime. Oh, that, that's fine. That's all you needed, right? I mean,
1: Jacoby Brissett couldn't do anything because the Jaguars. Sacked him 10 times. Mm -hmm. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. LeBron, I'm sorry, but that was 10 times.
0: The Jaguars, get this. The Jaguars now have something in common with the 67 Raiders and the 84 Bears as the only teams to register multiple 10 sack games in a single season.
1: Calais Campbell's on a an, an ridiculous rate
0: again. We free agent good now. <laughs> yeah. Free agent good. And TJ
1: Yeldon. everybody forgot about him. He's, he was, I mean, look, uh, let's be honest. This is the Colts defense, but yeah, he, he finally, you know, kind of rose from the asses. People were forgetting about him with Leonard Fournette and, and he got to finally, uh, just go Party.
0: crazy he partied couple, broke a couple big runs and yeah i believe they come back to the unfriendly confines of everbank uh in the near future that's not yeah. gonna be. Just
1: stay away from from everbank apparently <laughs>
0: Exactly. I mean, this weekend, you got Florida-Georgia, so that's going to be a little bit of a boost. Everbank will actually see... Wait, who am I kidding? They're not even going to see a good game on Saturday. I'm going to shut up now.
1: No, don't say that. I don't want to see Georgia lose or something.
0: No, no, uh... No, no, no. no. It's not Georgia who's going to play terrible. Harry, I know you tend to listen, but sorry. You know I'm right.
1: So we're talking here about Florida teams. The hell is going on in Miami because Jay Cutler now has multiple cracked ribs. He will not play against the lowly Ravens on Thursday. Matt Moore comes into the game. Uh, not Mike Moore, as I heard some people call his name i mean come on guys his name's not that hard to say
0: Uh, Look, look some people call john daly john bailey when he won the u.s open in 91 okay it happens very
1: unfortunate for josh mccown because he was having one heck of a performance uh just throwing touchdowns and then he throws the worst interception you can throw when all you had to do was yep. keep the ball to yep. make sure you go to overtime. I don't know why you're passing in that situation, first
0: of and, all. And this is why Josh McCown can't hold down a job. Yep. He was just enough to screw it up at the very end.
1: And this is the second week in a row where they have blown a 14-point lead to Jets.
0: So... <laughs>
1: Maybe they are finally looking like the Jets, but seriously, uh, Matt Moore led them on a heck of a drive. Jarvis Jarvis Landy with that big touchdown catch, and then you're able to you know, get a great defensive play, which the defense has played great all year. Cam Wake, at the age he's at, is still getting to the quarterback. It's amazing, and yeah, the Dolphins are 4-2. and two. Uh-huh this is this is crazy
0: mm-hmm I did not see this coming I didn't now let now let's just hope as the season wears on and the fact that not even halfway done and you still aren't getting a buy, how are you going to keep this up uh
1: Hey, you never know. You get more luck, right? That's what the Dolphins have been this year. They've been very lucky. They've been very mm-hmm. fortunate. They've mm-hmm. they've made some plays on on defense and they, you know, sometimes you got to have it go your way. Uh speaking of things going your way, the Saints. They are the class of the NFC South right now. And yeah. uh <laughs> I mean, yeah, they were benefiting of no Aaron Rodgers in this game.
0: but Yeah, but even still, that was still a close game. The Saints didn't seal that one until a drive late. And Drew Brees had to struggle to continue his streak of 300-yard games against the Packers. Granted, he eventually got there. I think he finished with like 354. But it, it was tough sledding for a good little while.
1: I mean the yeah, the Saints' offense outgained them by like 225 yards. So I, I mean, Brett Huntley was having to run a lot, and they you know penalties helped them as well. But you know, hey, uh, Drew Brees was also throwing interceptions, which kept the the Packers in the game too. Uh, but then finally finding Ted Ginn, Alvin Kamara. And all that they they got. Uh, I mean, they wound up getting 485 yards on the Packers, and that Packers defense is not, you know, a joke. It's just crazy that that they were they gave up that much.
0: Well, again, that's just as a credit to the Saints' offense, maneuver, moving, shaking. Mark Ingram had a decent day. I mean, you can't can't count the Saints completely out. I
1: will say, Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery, you better uh, be getting used to that bench because Aaron Jones is outclassing you.
0: Ty Montgomery needs to get back to, you know, being a wide receiver, which he originally was.
1: I'm just saying because Aaron Jones is showing you why you need to, you know, be a, be a running back to be a running back and not be a converted receiver and a running back is he's 131 yards, a touchdown only on 17 carries, by the way, Mm -hmm. Uh, just this, this dude is, is really giving them a spark. They needed that. Uh, They needed even more now with Hundley uh, at quarterback. So I just, just got to say, I mean, I, Credit to the Packers for still being in this game, but the Saints went out and, and won the thing. So
0: Exactly. Don Mikowski ain't walking through that door anytime soon.
1: Uh, no, they are not. And uh, the Steelers, between Le'Veon Bell and the defense that just kept sacking and sacking and sacking Andy Dalton some more, uh, throwing forcing Dalton to throw interceptions, he only threw for 34 yards in the second half. I mean, talk about just getting stuffed.
0: Unless we forget for the Steelers offense, Juju Smith-Schuster having a little bit of a day.
1: Yeah, uh, he, he went even
0: and uh, played some hide-and-seek. Exactly, which I thought was pretty funny. I yes. credit to him for that touchdown celebration. That, that was fun. I
1: I love the fact that they added the the touchdown celebrations because this has been a fun year for that. Of What can they come up with next?
0: Yeah, and personally, I think it's finally going to be the end of the road for Marvin Lewis. I've been waiting on this for some time, but with a game like this, with the second half like that where – Great, you're competitive, but then you just get stuck on 14 points. You're done.
1: Yeah, and they had quite a few drives to try, but that's just... I don't know. That's That Steelers defense was absolutely incredible in this game. I mean, they were getting to Andy Dalton every single time, uh, forcing him to make bad throws. I mean, they kept A.J. Green in check he only caught 3 balls for 41 yards. I mean, again, this is where I I keep saying this, but Dalton if he can't get it to AJ Green, he's shown in the past after he lost the the the, the other receivers that he's can be very, you know, prone to I'm going to throw it to the one guy. And I I think that that made it a problem for him in this game. So, Credit to the Steelers uh, on that one, honestly. The the other big blowout game, uh, the Cowboys went into uh, Levi Stadium and took care of business against the 49ers. Zeke Elliott, 219 yards from scrimmage, a 72-yard screen, uh, just going into the end zone. Just absolutely outdid himself from last year against the 49ers. Uh, C.J. Beathard uh, got, didn't he, uh, he was, the poor guy couldn't really deal with anything. He's There was uh, DeMarcus Lawrence strip sacking him. He got sacked five times. Uh, Jalen Smith strip sacked him. I mean, the Cowboys' defense was on it for this game. The big storyline really that comes out of this is Dan Bailey pulling a groin and Jeff Heath having to kick extra points. A safety. You're starting safety, by the way, having to kick extra points. So, looks like Sam Irwin Hill might be coming back to the Cowboys. But I think uh, maybe Zeke is finally back now. Oh, well, it looks like we lost Eric here, so I'm going to try to keep this one going. My computer is deciding that it wants to be weird and not let me see the player either. So uh, this certainly does not help things at all. But yeah, the uh, Tennessee Titans really don't have anything to be too appreciative about for their game against the Browns either. That was atrocious, honestly. That you go and only are able to, you have to go to overtime against the Browns. And you're Tennessee. I mean, I don't get this at all. You're Tennessee, and you're going against the Browns. What the heck? I mean, Mariota came in and had the big drive on Monday Night Football, and then you have this game. What is going on? I know that Mariota has his issues where he can only throw from the pocket right now, and that's obviously limiting uh, what Tennessee can do. And I think to be fair for him, he still completed 21 of 34, and the team still won at the end of the day. Just uh, they couldn't run the ball; that hurt them. Cleveland's defense was certainly uh, playing great uh, for this game. I mean, limiting the Titans to 12 points is uh, nothing to scoff at. Again, the quarterback carousel is just ridiculous. Deshaun Kaiser throws interceptions again. Uh, And then they have to put in Cody Kessler, who is the one that sort of keeps them close in it. But I don't know. I think you have to start worrying about these quarterbacks. and, And who if you're a quarterback right now in the draft, who the heck wants to come to Cleveland and play quarterback for them? I mean... Uh, it certainly doesn't help that Joe Thomas's snap streak ended with the triceps injury that has him out for the rest of the year. Uh, you know, over 10,700 snaps, and, and now he's even considering retirement, which that's really sad news if true. But honestly, uh, I mean, if you're if you're the Browns, the way that they have just completely demoted quarterbacks, move them around, taking them out, putting them in. I mean, how can you get any consistency on offense at all? I mean, why rush Kaiser up there to play if you're going to continue to take him out? He's got to learn. The only way he learns is by being in there the whole game. You cannot – I get it The Hugh Jackson wants to win, and he wants to win so bad because he probably feels like, oh, my job's on the line at some point here if I don't get wins. But good Lord. I mean, the defense played lights out, and you still – can can muster a touchdown, you get 9 points. You force overtime and you can't win. Just amazing, amazing to me how the the Cleveland defense was even able to stop a goal line stand everything else and and this offense can only muster 9 points. I mean, at some point because you don't want you're developing these quarterbacks, you can't stick with one. So the offense never has any rhythm at all. Everybody's worrying about whether we make a mistake or not, and that's the problem too. You're getting desperate, and you're you're killing any confidence that these quarterbacks can have because they don't know how long they're going to last at, at any point. How can how can you know what's gonna be going on if you're a quarterback if you have no the hell idea whether you're gonna be the quarterback next week or tomorrow or, or whatever? It's crazy. And so if you're Kevin Hogan, Cody Kessler, Deshaun Kaiser, anybody, I, I don't know how you can you can be excited about anything right now. It's sad for the Browns. I mean, the Titans get another win. It wasn't the impressive comeback from last week, but it's still a win nonetheless, and it keeps them in the hunt with the Jags and the Texans who were off this week. And the Texans do get Dwayne Brown back. He finally ended his holdout. So that offensive line gets to improve, you would think, and that only helps the Texans continue to get better as uh, the time goes on uh, for them. And then uh, the final game, I think, that we haven't talked about uh, here is, let me get to it, I'm trying to, is the Sunday Night Football game. Uh, the Super Bowl rematch, which didn't amount to much here, as uh, it was uh, the running game, getting yards, it was uh, Steve Sarkeesian's offense just certainly looking very ugly at times uh, for the Falcons. Uh, Julio Jones did get a touchdown uh, from Matt Ryan, but that that was it. This, this Patriots defense really held down the Falcons, uh, made them make really dumb decisions, like deciding to run an end around with Taylor Gabriel. Uh, just that doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, by halftime, this one was done. And the Patriots, I don't know if you can say they're back or anything yet, but they certainly looked good here against the Falcons, who have just absolutely – this Super Bowl hangover has just been a cloud over their heads, and they are lucky to have the wins that they have. I mean, uh, some of these were just absolute luck. And uh, they do have those wins, so certainly – that's something, but still, just right now, uh, I, I don't know what what you can take from this other than the Patriots defense looked like that, that Patriots defense that you think they should have. And this Falcons office is certainly in turmoil right now. lot of questions are going to be asked to Sark and everything else, but Matt Ryan's on himself right now. Uh, lots of issues. And if you're wondering, uh, I, my internet went out at one point and so I lost Eric. He had to go ahead and go to bed. So since we only had a couple games left, I decided to just end it here. Uh, that, that's it. I think that's all of the, the week seven action. We'll be back on Thursday night after TNF, the Dolphins and Ravens. Hopefully that game is good. I'm not expecting much, but who knows? Uh, Matt Moore will be a quarterback because Jay Cutler will not be able to recover from those cracked ribs in time. So let's see if the, uh, Dolphins offense goes back to being dynamic or what it used to be. And uh, if they can get to five and two to start that week eight, that's that's pretty incredible for the Dolphins there. Uh, that being said, uh, for Eric and myself, thank you for listening. You can subscribe to Football to the Max if you like what you heard. Uh, let us know in the comments, WTIMnet.com or YouTube. Or uh, you know, uh, if you do subscribe, you can also subscribe to the whole WTIM Network. You get our our Wrestling to the Max flagship show. Uh you also get uh video games to the max, you get uh Robert Taylor doing MMA to the Max, which he does a great job with Joe Hudson on uh that show. You get the kickoff, our our other football related show uh that we have on the network. Uh you get um what else do we have here? We get you get the SCU show, you get more uh from us. So um you, you don't wanna miss it. And yes, so Make sure you tune in for all that. We'll be back on Thursday, and thank you once again for joining us. We'll see you later.